to New Zealand Vegan Podcast. I'm your host Elizabeth Collins and this is episode 57, I'm pretty sure. This week I've got so much to cover that I made a little list. I don't know if I'm going to get to everything. I haven't podcasted hardly at all this semester and um, it's really hard because this really is a therapy so um, I did make my I did want to pass my my course and I actually had to really really knuckle down um, I know it doesn't sound like a lot to do a podcast but it takes me ages it really does I don't know how long it takes other people but it takes me hours and hours and I literally didn't have that because I was really behind on my schoolwork so I'm not making excuses I'm I'm jonesing I'm jonesing so anyway good news I've almost finished I only have one more exam and I'm going to podcast again more regularly because it's just there's just too much going on um you know and now that the kitten is is old enough um that she doesn't need constant attention. I will do my street stall again with William Paul. I'm really excited about that. We're going to go out there in the in the cold and maybe we'll have some thermoses of hot soup. I promise to make him some soup. Okay, so that's sort of, yeah, so I'm behind. So the things I'm going to talk about today, I mean, so a couple of them was like big stories, but that like recent, you know, but they're kind of not big stories at the moment anymore. You know how quickly things change. I mean, there's so much going on, but they're still relevant. They're still very, very relevant. And, um, so, uh, yeah, but the first thing I want to do, I'm so excited, there's a new New Zealand female abolitionist vegan podcast. Yes, you heard me. It's so wonderful. The blog where the podcast is hosted is called Vegan for Life. The podcast host is Emmy. She's a young New Zealander, went vegan when she was 13. I'm bad at remembering numbers, but listen to her podcast. Her first episode is out. I'll post a link in iTunes. She also does YouTube videos. Um, she did a really cool animated video on the myths of milk consumption. And she's also on Twitter um, as NZ Vegan Girl. Um, she's so inspiring. I really recommend listening to this first podcast, and I can't wait to hear more. Um, and I hope that she comes on, on my show. So that was so exciting. I think I literally clapped my hands and jumped up and down. I love it when more podcasts come out. Milen Wallet has a podcast. Veganacious has just put out her ninth episode. Um, Vincent Gahane is um, a podcaster, but he doesn't he hasn't done it as much. So we're waiting for another podcast from you, Vincent. Roger Yates just put out a new episode. Gary Francione has um, seventeen episodes, but he will be doing more as well. Um, we're just waiting for everybody else. Oh, and Jordan Wyatt has a new episode out, Coexisting for Non-Human Animals, episode 30. It's actually really, really good. He's quite, he's a very funny guy, and I laughed out loud quite a few times in his last one. He always makes me laugh. Um, Jordan regularly puts out podcasts. He's tireless. Oh, Trish, um, Live Vegan has another new podcast on YouTube. I knew there were other new podcasts I had to talk about. Live Vegan has a new episode out. I'll post a link to that. And... Um, Sam Tucker has new episodes out. He does an episode every week. He has a live radio show, actually, and he podcasts that. So he's got a new episode out. Jordan and Sam have episodes every week. Um, we, the rest of us are a little bit more erratic. Um, but I will be getting back into it. And um, I'm hoping that others will find the time to as well. But a lot of people, they do more than just podcasts. Like they have blogs. Like Milan has a blog and, and Roger has a blog. I don't really have a blog. I just have a podcast. Um, my blog is just re really a host for my for my podcast. So, um, so yeah. So th there are some new other new episodes out as well. So there's tons of stuff to listen to. Vegan freaks who kind of like started us all off. I mean, they were my inspiration. They haven't done a podcast for a while because they've just been really really um, overwhelmed. But you know what? I miss them. A lot of people are like, oh, we wish that they would come back. I hope that they come back and podcast. I mean, they're like, you know, they are like. They were my inspiration, you know, they were the ones who got me going. Um, I do hope that they do come back, um, but, you know, even if they don't, and like I say, I really hope they do, look what they've started, you know, so, I mean, they, they, have, they have, maybe they're having like a well-deserved rest and getting like really important things in order. Besides, there's the Vegan Freaks forums, and they've got their book out, their new edition of um, Vegan Freaks. So anyway, a lot of people are missing, we're missing their podcast, so you know, there's another one that we're, we're hoping to hear more of. 
Um, you know, you can sort of leave and come back to podcasting. I haven't done a Spanish episode in months, but I'm going to do them regularly again. And it doesn't matter if there's a big gap. You know, if I lost, you know, people stop listening, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm just going to do it. It's all, it's just sort of like, it's a permanent sort of thing. It's like a blog, you know, it's permanently there. So, um, you know, people, I mean, I've been podcasting for over a year and a half now and I'll get a new email like, oh, I just listened to your podcast for the first time, you know, so it's like, it's just permanent. So, you know, it's sad. I don't like leaving big gaps, but life is not, life is not always uh, sort of easy. So anyway, okay. And, um, there's probably other things going on that I'm missing. Okay. Sorry. There's so much happening. I want to get down to nitty gritty though, because first of all, before I get started on the other stuff I was going to talk about, there's something I've been wanting to talk about and get off my chest, um, for ages. And it's about Peter and it's about the kill, the, the animals that they kill. The thing I want to say, uh, regarding, and also I hope other people sort of can maybe use this as well. What bothers me when we bring that up is when people defend it, including Bruce Friedrich himself um, in a live chat that I was participating in, and including Ingrid Newkirk who did a chat one day, and including all the supporters who immediately leaped to their defense without even, I mean, how can you defend that? You know, they're killing healthy animals, and, and the evidence is there and everything. But my point is, for example, I'll just name my example, and I've seen this repeated over and over and over, and this happened to me with Bruce Friedrich, and this happened to me with just some random person on the Live Vegan um, Facebook page, which I really recommend joining as well. Uh, you know, we said, you know, Peter kills animals, you know, come on, I mean, they're killing animals. And the immediate response, so we say, look, out of, there's a, here's an article, here's proof, look, 4,800 and something, I can't remember, animals killed, murdered, and eight adopted. Okay, that is, that is, that we, and we make an issue about that. We say, listen, read this, you know, this is what they're doing, you know. How can you say they're animal rights? Look at this. This is so wrong. We need to condemn this. And they'll jump on the defense and say, and they're always across the line, and this is right from Ingrid Newkirk, okay. Peter can't adopt every single homeless animal in the world. There are millions and millions and billions of homeless animals in the world. How on earth are we supposed to adopt them all? That's just silly. It's not possible and la la la. And I'm like, where in my comment did I say that Peter is obligated or is that it's possible for Peter to adopt um, all the homeless animals that are that there are in the world? I didn't say that. Okay, what I said was, out of the 4,800 animals that they were presented with and that they had an opportunity to save, they chose to kill them. That's the issue. So, obviously, we're, you know, nobody's saying that, so stop bringing that up. That's like me, oh, I just, people just are so, they don't even read. So, I mean, I've said that to people, I'm like, you know, I never said that I expected Peter to, um, you know, adopt every single homeless animal in the world. I'm talking about the 4,000 animals they murdered. Those 4,000 animals that they had an opportunity to save. And they have $30 million. I remember I had an argument with a guy about this. And I said they have hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, I do that. I'm, I have a tendency to, you know, just throw random figures out. And I, it's a fault. And I'm, I'm going <laughs> to work on it, maybe. And he said, they don't have hundreds of millions, they only have 30 million in. And I was like, okay, again, you're missing the point, buddy. Even if they had a million, they could save 4,000 animals. Now, I know that they can't adopt every single homeless animal in the world. There's too many um, for one organization to adopt. However, um, and, you know, if they, if they, you know, maybe they're worried, like, if we, if we save the 4,000, then next year there's going to be 8,000, and next year, the, you know, next year there's going to be 12,000, next year there's going to be 16,000. Well, I don't really know. But, you know, you, you know, they could find a way of dealing with that. They could have a quota, as sad as it may be, of the animals that they, you know, I mean, I personally think that, I think that they're morally obligated now to spend all their $30 million on housing and caring for abandoned and, 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 ruined animals. I think they should stop advocacy. I think they should get out of it. And I think that they have a redemption that is due and they need to spend their $30 million and save millions of animals. And they're perfectly capable of doing that. But anyway, all that aside, bottom line is we're talking about those animals they kill. So let's focus on that. You're defending that. You know, you are defending that. How can you defend that? How can you defend that murder? So the next time you bring up the Peter killings and somebody says, Peter can't adopt all, say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I never said that. So let's not talk about that because I never said that. Let's talk about the animals that they killed. That's what we're talking about. 4,000 few hundred animals in 2009 alone or 2008 alone. And more and more and thousands over the years. 
So that's the issue. And if you're defending that, you're you got to really, really ask yourself, why are you? Why am I defending this? Why am I defending this? Even if you're a supporter of Peter, how can you defend that? But you know, then people, what happens is people will throw that stuff out there, and then there will be big, huge debates about the fact that, you know, people do get thrown. They're like, oh, because you know, it's kind of like a. It's not a guilt trip, but it's kind of like a, um, it's a way of deflecting from the truth. It's just like talking to somebody about veganism, and then they want to talk about, um, they want, oh, gosh, the random stuff that they talk about, bodybuilding or whatever, and you've got to always bring it back. So when you're talking to somebody who's blindly supporting Peter, blindly, and you say, what about these animals they're killing? And they say, it's, how dare you? They can't adopt all the animals in the world. You've got to bring them back. Say, look, 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 I never said that. So we're not talking about that. That's not the issue. That's the point. Is this conversation is not about Peter adopting and saving every single abandoned animal in the world. I'm talking about the thousands of animals that they murdered. Let's focus on those animals. How are you going to defend that? Bottom line is, if you're an animal rights advocate, you can't defend that. You can't defend that killing. You can't. So I've been wanting to get that off my chest because it's really annoying. Bruce Friedrich did it, Ingrid Newkirk did it, and random people do it all the time. We'll say, in 2008 or whatever it was, they called da-da-da, that's despicable. Peter can't adopt all the homeless animals. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the 4,000 you killed. Can we please focus on those murders, please? Anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> okay, so I had to get that off my chest. Right, next item on the list... Um, Another thing I just oh, another thing that happened recently that um, before I get onto my bigger longer um, rants is I was um, oh it's actually it's actually related okay okay so wait I'm gonna start ticking stuff off the list isn't that long I mentioned Demi's podcast and I talked about Peter's killing and murder of innocent animals that were in their care okay now I want to talk about gosh there's two really important things to talk about here. I think something, yeah, it's kind of related. Okay. Uh, recently, there was a investigation by Mercy for Animals. And like I say, you know, this kind of is like old news in a way, but it's still relevant. It's still relevant. And, you know, for the animals, uh, it's never old news. But um, Mercy for Animals had an investigation uh, to a dairy farm, uh, Conklin, Conklin's Dairy Farm, it was called. And... Um, it, it showed um, some workers, I don't watch, I couldn't, I, you know, obviously I don't watch the video, but it showed workers above and beyond um, the usual amount of violence that you need to do to murder innocent herbivores. They were also doing s sort of torturous acts on top of their regular work, like all kinds of really hard, you know, I don't want to even describe them. Um, it's the sort of thing that I reckon people should watch that prison experiment where the school students were... Um, made prisoners. I mean, sadistic acts above and beyond the normal sadism in the job. There, there's a reason behind that, psychological reasons, okay? And there's probably just one ringleader, um, anyway. Okay, so the big frou-ha-ha, and it's not about, it's not about the, that, is that, oh gosh, I'm going to try to um, not get excited, I'm going to try to stay calm, and I'm going to try to um, not sort of get petulant. <laughs> so, as an abolitionist, I really, really, really think it is absolutely terrible to have any video or anything at all um, depicting what ha what is going on to non-human animals as we speak for our species consumption and to call for anything less than abolition of animal slavery. And um, I think that is a mockery of their suffering to to do that now so there was this there's all this stuff you know everybody hates the abolitionists right for saying that stuff because they're not thinking clearly so let me try to clarify some stuff as best i can there were people who were posting the video on facebook and everywhere and they're abolitionists and they were saying this is just part of animal exploitation this we need to go vegan this is very common because it is um, in this horrific industries, you know, and when and they were having a great effect. They were posting the video. Unfortunately, it led to the the website of the group who were promoting welfare and punishment for the abusers and all kinds of nonsense. 
and they did say the word vegan on the page, and I'll talk about that. I'm going to talk about that. Um, and these people, you know, and then even they got a little up in arms because I, I was actually quite sad because the, 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 when I read the description of the video, I cried. And, um, but regular, you know, just even your average day at a slaughterhouse where nobody does anything more than his job is absolute horror. And it just saddens me that we have to show this intense level above and beyond of the sadistic acts to get people's attention anymore it's like regular slaughter's not enough anymore so I kind of made those comments because I was like oh my gosh you know is it really that are people really that sort of um deadened to these videos now you know um and I don't think they are I mean and so I had other advocates come on and say we're, we're promoting this video and we've had people say they're going to go vegan and I'm like that's great look you promoted the video you used the video to promote veganism to talk about all animal use to show just what animal use is that's great okay if you're gonna promote these videos any videos any footage anything at all anything at all to do with animals use you know use it to promote veganism use it to illustrate why it's wrong that's all we're saying but people don't get that because people get all silly and they don't pay attention. Oops, I'm getting I'm getting excited. All right, let me calm down. So then um, I had a t discussion with somebody on Twitter about it who was saying, um, who was who was objecting to the fact that we were objecting to the Mercy for Animals using this video to promote welfare reforms and. And all kinds of wrong-headed things. And I'm going to talk about this site. And they said, I can't remember the exact tweet, but it was basically like, this. they're promoting veganism and this video makes people go vegan and you guys are just, you know, being a pain in the butt or whatever. So I kind of like tried to say, look, you know, look, I mean, it's not about not using the videos. Oh, they were like, you just want to quell these videos. You don't want to show these videos, you know. You don't want anybody to show these videos. And I'm like, where'd you get that from? I mean, look, I mean, there are some people who are opposed to showing videos of violence footage completely, but in the abolitionist movement, there's a whole range of opinions on advocacy for, for videos. And I've expressed those in my podcast. So no, it's not a blanket, blanket, did, um, you know, um, what is the word, a blackout on the videos. It's just, if you're going to do them, if you can get people to watch them, first of all, that's pretty good because I have a hard time getting people to watch them. Number two, if you finally get those people to watch them, promote veganism, promote abolition. And if you're doing that, I have no objections. But if you're using them to promote welfare reform, I feel like it is an insult to the entire animal rights movement. And it's horrifically detrimental. So this person didn't get that, and they said, you guys just da-da-da-da. So I kind of tried to engage with the person um, politely. And they wrote back, and they said, um, they're using this videos. I can't, I'll just paraphrase, because I don't follow the person anymore, because I thought, well, there's no point. Basically, the, bot the bottom line of their tweet was, they do more for veg. They said they're using the videos to promote veganism. Um... And I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about that. And then they said, they do, they made a very nasty remark. They said, they do more for veganism than just tweeting about it. Right? I don't think I'm reading anything today. I think the insinuation is clear. Now, I just want to comment on that. Let me just make one thing very, very clear. Quality over quantity, as far as I'm concerned. I... You know, you look at all the stuff that Peter does, all the stuff that all these other big groups do, and you compare that to a person. And I'm, you know, most of the people I know, and I don't even want to get into a little, like, debate about, like, no, because yesterday I spoke with on this forum, and I did my street stall, and then I actually ran into somebody in the street. I hate these little scorecards, man. It's not about scorecards. Whether you do it once or whether you do it constantly, you should be promoting veganism unequivocally. That's the key word. I'm going to talk about that word. And it's quality over quantity. So bottom line is this person was trying to make a dig, and, I'm, and I didn't respond. I actually just walked away. But the bottom line is I will prefer even a person who all they do is tweet about veganism. Tweet is like you post a little comment on Twitter, right? They do nothing else, right? They don't talk to their friends and family. They don't have, you know, anything else. All they do is tweet about it. I will take that 
any day over a group that has websites and videos and blogs and and campaigns and all this stuff that promotes welfare reform and um, punishments and all this stuff and then mentions veganism in a really sort of detrimental way almost like almost a disservice to veganism and um, you know claims that they're promoting veganism by doing more than twittering they're not so the person who's the person who's tweeting over vegan that's quant that's quality no matter every single time and I'm not saying anybody only does this but even if they do I support them right because if they're unequivocally 100% every single time that they talk about the issue even if that's all they do on Twitter and they don't do anything else is talking about abolition and is talking about veganism then how dare you look down on that? And you're just missing the point because look at all the stuff that Peter does, all the stuff that, that, that um, these groups do. It's not promoting veganism unequivocally. Okay, so, so that's what I mean by quality over quantity. So I didn't bother to write back to this person and get into a little scorecard game about all the little different things that I do to promote veganism because that's not the point and it's, it's a stupid argument and I don't even care. No matter how much you do, every time you do it, talk about animal rights, talk about veganism, you know, real, let people know that it's doable, that it's easy, that, you know, um, it's the right thing to do and you got my support. You've got my support. I'm not going to sit there and make a little scorecard. Well, you only tweeted five tweets last week and you didn't do anything else. You suck. No, 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 no. Missing the point, missing the point. So I just really sort of resent those kind, those, that kind of thinking. It just is so, so wrong-headed. Um, so that was the quality of quantity. So regarding the MFA, my, my next comment, the next thing I've been really wanting to discuss is a lot of the times when, when we're talking about if you read Gary Francione and anybody else who writes in support of abolition, including myself, there's a key word that people just sort of skip over. They don't, they don't read it, I guess. That word is unequivocal. Unequivocal. What that means is no compromise. Because you'll get these people, like this person on Twitter and millions of other people who take exception to our sort of trying to sort of protest the use, for example, of this video. Let me go to the website. They say, immediately upon completion of the investigation, Mercy for Animals contacted the City Prosecutor's Office of Marysville regarding the ongoing pattern of abuse. MFA is pushing for employees of the facility to be criminally prosecuted for violating Ohio's animal cruelty laws. Okay, that's the first part of the advocacy on their page. Okay, they've got this horrific video. They've got chilling undercover footage. They describe it in graphic detail. They talk about um, somebody, oh, Bernard Rollin, who's not even vegan, talking about how it's the most gratuitous, sustained, sadistic animal abuse I have ever seen. Well, Bernard, I don't know where you've been, buddy, because, uh, you know, there's plenty more out there. Um, but admittedly, I didn't watch the video, so let me let me not, you know, let me um, acknowledge that I have not watched this particular video. But as far as I'm concerned, it's all bad. So, so after Mercy for Animals does all this stuff, this horrific abuse, even a guy who's not vegan is, you know, saying it's terrible. There, jeez, I just read something really bad. Sorry, I didn't read that bit. Um, and then the first thing that they say, Mercy for Animals, is that they. Um, want the facility to be criminally prosecuted for violating Ohio's animal cruelty laws. The second thing that they say, the deplorable conditions uncovered at Conklin Dairy Farms highlight the reality that animal agriculture is incapable of self-regulation and that meaningful federal and state laws must be implemented and strengthened to prevent egregious cruelty to farm animals. There is so much in that statement that is wrong that I can't, I don't even know where to begin. First of all, egregious cruelty so, does, let me, so, this implies, this sentence, this sentence implies, by this animal rights group, supposedly, this is what, what, what we're trying to say, okay? Highlight the reality that animal agriculture is capable of self-regulation, and then they call for meaningful federal and state laws to be implemented and strengthened to prevent, okay, so that's total welfareism, that's totally, the animals that we use need to be treated better, that's not animal rights, so those cows that they exposed and the suffering of those cows is now being made a mockery of, I'm sorry, it has meaningful federal and state laws to prevent egregious cruelty, that implies that 
other farms where they're not twisting cows' tails until the bones snap um, on top of the horrible things where you just basically so so a, a farm where you just drag them out of the trucks, throw them in the chutes murder them viciously they're choking on their own blood that's not egregious cruelty not according to this statement okay it's so wrong-headed it's so wrong the next thing next thing they did say although many of the abuses are sadistic numerous undercover investigations have revealed that violence and abuse to farm animals whether malicious or institutionalized runs rampant nationwide well that's the third paragraph and they still haven't talked about veganism. I mean, that still sort of runs into the implemented and strength. That still runs into the welfareism. The final thing that they say on this page, after all of that stuff, and if that isn't enough to make you sort of think twice, I don't know what is. They say, compassionate consumers can end their direct financial support of farmed animal abuse by rejecting dairy and other animal products and adopting a vegan diet. Well, veganism's not a diet, okay? All I'm saying, all we're saying, as far as I'm concerned, I'll post a link to a really great article that Adam um, Kahanowitz wrote as well, and there's also a really great article by Tim Jeer, who's a great blogger, and I'll post a link to that, and um, is that they're not promoting unequivocal veganism. They go all this welfare stuff. They do this violation of animal cruelty laws. They say they need to be prim criminally prosecuted. Then they say compassionate consumers can adopt a vegan diet. Look, you know, you may call me fussy. That's not going to do it. That's not going to do it for me. That's not going to do it for me, okay? If people want to claim that these people are promoting veganism, the first thing that should have been said after that video, as far as I'm concerned, you know, if I was, uh, you know, to, to be sort of uh, asked my opinion on this, right, is what you see above is a direct result of, this, you know, the fact that animals are property. Please go vegan. Animals have a right not to be used. Veganism. You reject dairy products, but you reject all other animal products. It's really easy to do it. This is how you do it. Don't talk about these animal cruelty laws and these meaningful federal and state laws. What meaningful laws? What meaningful laws? No twisting cows' tails until the bones snapped. Okay, but the slaughter is fine. You get it? Does everybody get it? I hope so. That's not promoting unequivocal veganism. and It's the last thing. And all the other stuff, look, it's just not good enough. I'm sorry. It's just not good enough, okay? Not, 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 you know, it's just not. If this was a human rights page and the video was of women being beaten to death because they were oppressed in a, in a society where, where it was legal to beat women to death and this was a human rights thing, you would not have somebody saying the beating of women needs to be regulated um, and um, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that's a tough analogy because, you know, we don't eat the bodies of women and all that. But oh, I'm just trying to get... I just want people to realize how easy it would be for this group to just take this video that they did. And the people went there and filmed it. And they're probably traumatized, you know. People who filmed the videos as well. It's not about disrespect for the videos. It's not about disrespect for the people who are filming the videos. And it's not about disrespect for Mercy for Animals. It's a cry out to them to consider this concept. Take these videos and use them to promote unequivocal veganism, which is not a diet. It is a respect for animals. In fact, Gary Francione, um, I haven't read Animals as Persons yet because I think William's still got it. But I can't wait to read this book. And um, here's another really great quote. And I think that um, we, we talked last week, I talked last time about Milan Wallet's first podcast um, where she said, what is veganism? And then we all tried to have a go. Um, I really want to say, um, I really want to say, uh, here we go. This is what Gary Francione says in Animals as a Person. And this is the best thing. Veganism, which results in a decreased demand for animal products, is much more than a matter of diet, lifestyle, or consumer choice. It is a personal commitment to non-violence and the abolition of exploitation. That's what veganism is. We, you know, how hard is that to promote? How hard is it not to promote that? You've just watched a video of the most horrific violence against the exploited, and how easy and how effective it is to 
say to everybody who watches this video, you can stop participating in this right now and guess what anytime you buy animal products it's one version or another of this I mean we could do little measurements of scales and things but it's non you know how easy it is it's non-violence and that's what we're saying so gosh I mean look at this look at it's just it just doesn't make any it just it's it's actually it's not it's actually I'm very very speciesist Okay, so that brings me to unequivocal. This is where people get, this is the thing that people always miss. This is the magic word, you see, the magic word um, that nobody was paying attention to. Unequivocal means you only promote veganism and animal rights. There's no, you don't go, you don't promote welfare, you don't promote regulation of atrocities. So people say, like the people look, read this, like people hear our objections to, to this, right, to this video website. And we say, okay, please use the video to only promote veganism. And they read this stuff. And then they say, they are promoting veganism. Look, they say, support farm animal abuse by rejecting dairy, da, 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 and adopt a vegan diet. That's not unequivocally promoting veganism because before that, they talk about um, somebody, Dr. Bernard Rollin, who's not vegan. Uh, they don't say that, but he's not. Um, talking about how this is gratuitous and going on and on about how the level of this abuse is really, really, really bad. Well, that makes it, that implies, it really does imply that all the other abuse that we do to animals is, you know, better, right? I mean, obviously, there are more painful situations, and as Gary Francione says, less harm is better than more harm, but it misses the point, as he said in the, um, you know, in the um, Eric Marcus interview. Then they talk about pushing for employees to be criminally prosecuted for violating Ohio's animal cruelty laws. Well, animal cruelty laws are a joke, as we all know. And then they talk about meaningful state laws and federal laws must be implemented and strengthened. Now, that's not <laughs> none of that has anything to do with animal rights and veganism. I'm sorry. So unequivocal means that just that. It's not hard to, you know, so people say, they're promoting veganism, da 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 and we're like, no, no, you're, not, you're missing the word, because obviously Peter has information on veganism. I'll give you another example. This is, this is something that really sort of upsets me. This is from New Zealand. This is SAFE, um, the New Zealand um, welfare group, and this is one of the things that really, really, really bothered me, and I remember arguing with people about that as well. I'm going to keep it honest. We were arguing. Um... Okay, so look, 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 look at this, this page. For the love of pigs, I'll post a link. What you can do, okay? This is what you can do to help pigs. First of all, Mike King is their spokesperson. Mike King eats pigs, okay? Um, they say, the first thing you can do is host a movie night and watch, and watch the Safe Love Pigs DVD, which you have to pay for, okay? The second thing you can do is to join the mailing list and then you'll get all these campaign updates, an invitation to events, and all this stuff. That's more promotion of SAFE. Um, and probably there's money involved um, with uh, the campaigns. They're always asking for money. You can lobby your MP by improving animal welfare legislation. Missing the point, right? So lobby your MP to, you know, come on. I mean, you know, um, uh, read Rain Without Thunder. And then, then the next thing is make a donation. That's make a donation. It's not on the top, but it's there. Make a donation. Support saves valuable work by making a donation. Da 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 da. Then the next thing they say is make your house pig friendly. And now get this. Re this is this is this is where I lost it. Make your household pork free. It might be a challenge, but it's a fantastic way to spare pigs from suffering. At the very least. Have a pork-free week once a month. You tell me. When we say, people think we just make this stuff up, or that we're just being sort of, you know, we're just making stuff up, or we're just being um, exaggerating. Make your household pork-free. It might be a challenge. Excuse me. That is very detrimental to veganism. They're saying it, these animal welfare people are saying that having no pork in your house may be a challenge. It's not a challenge to do that. Not a challenge at all. You just have to make the decision to not buy pork anymore ever again. I did it. So that's very detrimental. That promotes, I mean, you, you go from that. They're, they're saying it's a challenge to just not have pork in the house. So you tell me if they're promoting veganism, if they're making veganism accessible, you know what I'm saying? It's very elitist of them, really. It might be a challenge to you, to all you riffraff out there. 
and at the very least have a pork-free week once a month. Well, great. What are they going to eat then the night that they don't have the pork? What about all the other animals? The last, they do another thing about speciesist language, which is which is good, um, but it's kind of like irrelevant. It's just pointless because this entire page is completely entrenching the pigs in the property paradigm. It doesn't even talk about other animals, but they do say, choose your words wisely. Don't use pig as derogatory term. Then they say, visit your MP. Okay. This is all on the what you can do page. Then they say, visit your MP. Um, and then they mention factory farming. Most people know very little about factory farming and are often shocked. Okay. So that's the what you can do page. Not one single mention of veganism. Um, and then on the free range page, it says free range. You know, and so then they, they've actually modified this stuff. I, I do have a theory that if we if we annoy the wealthy groups enough, they will change their rhetoric just to shut us up. I'm hoping that happens. So let's have a look at this free range page. They say there's a natural assumption that free range farming gives animals a happy life. Yeah, that's because you guys are promoting that. However, there's important things you should know. They say, what's wrong with free range? Any kind of farming is not done in the interest of animal animals. They're destined for slaughter. They're bred solely for profit. They talk about any pig that's ready for slaughter. Are mere 16 years, weeks of age, and then they talk about the slaughterhouse. Okay, great. So why, you know, why can't this, you know, see how easy it is? I mean, they did it here. Um, and then they say, um, they say before they're old, and then they say if they pigs are sensitive, intelligent, and persist and, and all that stuff. And they say why? That's why many New Zealanders have chosen to completely avoid eating ham or bacon and become totally meat free. Um, so they're getting there. And then it says. This is what it says on the, on the end. As an animal advocacy organization dedicating to help save animals from cruelty, SAFE promotes a positive lifestyle that does not use animals for food, clothing, or entertainment. SAFE believes the best way to help animals is to simply not eat them. Well, they're kind of not, it's, it's confusing. If you say not use them for food, clothing, or entertainment, and then you say the best way is to not eat them, well, you've just skipped all the other stuff, okay? So just say veganism. So these are the reasons why veganism is um is is being is 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 so corrupted and um and they don't promote veganism um but they will say they do. You talk to anybody from Safe and they'll say they do promote veganism. So this is the, what we're talking about. You talk to somebody from Mercy for Animals and they'll say they promote veganism. Well, that's fine. A lot of people promote veganism. My supermarket sells vegetables. I'm sure that they could be considered as promoting veganism. Bottom line is the word is unequivocal and it's so easy to do. If SAFE would just talk about all animals have a will to live, all animals are slaughtered, whether they're free range or not, whether they're being bred for food or you know clothing um, or experimentation, um, even animals in entertainment are still property so they can be killed depending on the whim of the property owner and all this stuff how hard is it just to do that you know just help us you know so no you're not promoting veganism okay it's just a very small sort of detrimentally kind of it's just a small kind of thing and the bottom line is people say well people have gone vegan because of peter people have gone vegan because of safe and i'm like that should let you know how you know how how people are actually more than what you think they are imagine then if you promote veganism unequivocally and they say we won't have the money won't have the money for what for your fancy brochures that talk about factory farming and donations and mike king who's the the pig eating spokesperson you know so very upsetting very upsetting so yeah it's not promoting unequivocal veganism the word unequivocal means every time you Talk about animal rights. You promote veganism. It's very easy to do. I do it. And I actually read it. Somebody had said it was boring. You know, it's boring because people only tweet about, um, you know, veganism or whatever. Well, you can stop following because um, uh, the bottom line is I speak to a lot of different people. Um, uh, and every time a person speaks to me about animal rights, it's gonna, they're going to hear about veganism and animal rights. Okay. And it's actually the best way to help animals. Um, it's called unequivocal. So I really hope that that's clear. So when, you know, next time somebody says that to you, they are promoting veganism. So, well, for one thing, they're kind of like not, do, they're doing it in a very confused way. I mean, just pick any group and go to their sites. It's, it's sadly very easy to do. Like even, the, you know, the Mercy for Animals site. And, you know, look, I mean, I really hope people don't think that this is kind of like a, it's not about sabotaging mercy for animals. It's not about closing them down or telling them to stop doing animal advocacy. It's 
asking them to reconsider their rhetoric and to join the movement of people who are standing up for animal rights with one voice and saying whether they're using a video or whether they're using food or whether they're um, handing out pamphlets or whether they're on Twitter or whether they're on Facebook or whatever they're doing. Everything they do is unequivocal promotion of veganism. That's all we're saying. It's really not that hard to understand. I don't understand the resistance to it. So it's not about, you know, um, it's not about it's not about being malicious against mercy for animals. It's about I'm I'm defending our position because we it's a very misunderstood position. I hope I explained it. I mean, I think everybody who listens to my podcast already agrees with me, <laughs> so that's okay. But you know, um, just also, just I sort of share these things as well because it helps me when talking to other people. Because you get sort of dragged down, you get stuck, you see, because you do get thrown. Like they say, Peter does promote veganism. Look, and then they'll send you a link to a, a page about veganism on Peter. And you go, okay, let's do a count of all the web pages and let's count how many times they promote veganism compared to what they're promoting. It's, the word is unequivocal. Read Gary Francione. Unequivocal veganism. Unequivocal. Just like you would for human rights. Unequivocal human rights. Unequivocal. Um, so that I hope that, that, you know, that helps us to clear up the confusion when we're talking to people. I did try to clear confusion. You know, I said, look, you know, it's not about not using the videos. It's about not using them to, to, to confuse things or to make things seem worse than other things. I mean, there are people living in other states who are going to think that their dairy is, is better. <laughs> well, at least I don't live in Ohio. I'll never buy dairy from Ohio again. You know, it's just so wrong-headed. Um, okay. I hope that I covered, I hope that I, you know, I hope that I, handled that the way I should have and then the last thing I was going to talk about was um, the UN has this is good news so I can stop complaining sorry to be so negative um, the the UN has released a a report calling for meat and dairy free and the interesting thing that I thought I would mention is you know when we yeah, and I and I and I'm very upset about this because I blame all the um, the uh, antics and the and the bad advocacy that's been done over the years. When we go on and say those kinds of things, like even if we go on an environmental forum and say, you know, we should not use meat and dairy. I try I try to do that. I try to talk about veganism, but people do that. You're gonna get you're gonna get so many objections. You get so many objections from people who talk about how it's unhealthy and stuff like that. Now the UN. If veganism is so nutritionally unsound and you're going to die of B12 deficiency and all the stuff that people claim, we they can't claim that anymore. The UN could never legitimately promote a, a diet because they're just talking about a diet. The UN is not an animal rights advocacy group. It's all about the environment. If, if there was any evidence that it was dangerous, unhealthy diet. So, boom, in a way, I mean, well, in many ways, I'm very glad that they put this out. It had backs up our claims about the environment and it backs up our claims about nutrition because you can sit around and say, you know what, you can't say that anymore. Um, the UN has actually actively called for people to give up all animal products in their diet. So, you know, it's like, I mean, already the American and Canadian Dietetic Associations um, you know, say that it's a healthy diet, you know, acknowledge, I should say, that it's a healthy diet from birth to death. But I'm talking about your people in the street, like in New Zealand, who are going to say American dietetic, you know, they don't care about the American Dietetic Association, but the UN is the United Nations, you know, they're in New Zealand, you know, we have a part of the UN as well. So, and if you look at the comments on this, um, the, the um, Guardian article, the Guardian UK online newspaper article, nobody there makes those claims. There's nobody on there doing it. Everybody accepts it. The UN says it. The voice of authority says it. So all of a sudden, you know, so it's it's a little bit annoying that people won't take us seriously. I wonder why. You know, I'm, you know, we, 30 people who've been vegan for 30 years can go on a forum. And because of the terrible detrimental advocacy that's happened to veganism over the last, you know, however many years it is, they would just be told that, you know, that people are going to die. And, you know, I spoke to somebody in the street the other day, a Greenpeace activist, and I said, are you vegan? And she, we had a little um, discussion. And um, I don't think she likes me very much. But she said to me, I swear, she said, what about people who have to eat dairy? 
I mean, she was sincere. What about people who have to eat meat, she then said. I, I actually was floored, and I kind of stopped for a second, and I just I was like, what? Some, you know, people still think that I guess I'm, I'm you know, I'm still surprised. And then she kind of, I could see in her eyes a little shift, and I thought, she, she can hear the ridiculousness of that nowadays. You know, there's just no basis for that claim. Um, and, you know, any Greenpeace activist who, any, any environmentalist who's not vegan, I can't take anything you say seriously. I'm sorry. But anyway, that's literally what she said. But now we can just turn around and say, you know what? The UN would not be promoting this diet if it was unhealthy. And people, go on the read the comments. Most of the comments are actually quite reasonable. Now, like I say, it's not about animal rights. They're not talking about animal rights. People are like, yeah, I'm cutting down. There's a lot of positive comments on there about people who are like, yeah, I've gone vegan and stuff like that. Not one person. I mean, I have. I only read the first 50 comments. I mean, I could be wrong and maybe I missed something. But generally, not, not like before. Not like if we do one. Not like if animal advocates do one. If animal advocates make a claim about animal rights, we get told there would be people who obsessively post about how bad it is for you to be vegan. They're just concentrating on diet and then we have to bring them back to the whole issue and all that. So yeah, so that that's kind of interesting, isn't it? The voice of authority, isn't it? The UN says it and nobody, you know, all of a sudden they realize, well, gee, it must be health, you know, it, must, it can't be unhealthy. I mean, the evidence is so clear that it isn't. I mean, where are all the dying, dead, malnourished vegans? You know, where are they all? You know, they're, you know, but whatever, um, that, that was another thing I wanted to just mention. Um, it's just interesting to see the shift there. Um, so it's a good thing, you know, it's a good thing, uh, but it's, it's, it is, it's a little bit frustrating. It's probably the way, um, Gary Francione feels now that so many people are, 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 are jumping on board about abolition and he's been saying it for 30 years, you know, he's like, probably like finally, you know, or, or whatever. So, um, so yeah. Oh, another thing I just wanted to mention, sorry to be all over the place, about the MFA investigation. Jeff Pertz um, is a great advocate. He did a um, chat on Animal Rights Zone and a, the link to the transcript. We'll read the transcript. Also, Roger Yates did one and I really recommend that. But what Jeff said about the MFA investigation was so really amazing and insightful as well. Um, and I just want to mention one last thing about the MFA um, investigation before I, you know, I don't want to like overdo it, but I think it's really, really important that we clearly, because what happens is people do get, you know, we, we there is a terrible misunderstanding about, about our, our point, you know, what we're trying to say and stuff like that. And it's up to us to clear it up. And we got to work with people, you know, we got to work with them because they're not getting it. So let's, let's help them to get it, you know. So Jeff did a great, Jeff Pertz on his, um, so Jeff Pertz did a chat, um, uh, he's an advocate from, I think he's from Canada, but he lives in Australia now, he's fantastic, read the transcript from Animal Rights Zone, I'm so bummed that I've been missing these chats because I've just been too busy, I've been working a lot, anyway, Jeff Pertz did one, Roger Yates also did one, which was great, but getting back to the Jeff Pertz one, he talked about the MFA investigation, and he made really great observations about it, really, really fantastic, and in fact, I think I might even just read a little bit um, I'll just quote a little bit from his his transcript of it because um, he, uh, it was it was really really well it was really really well said. Um, it actually actually helped me. I mean, I didn't even think about this angle. You know, it's a very, I didn't actually even think about this angle myself. I mean, the objections that 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 I was talking about were were those objections, but um, this is really sound sound advice okay so the question was and I do recommend reading the whole transcript but the question was that um, uh, there's been some debate this this is like I said there was a huge debate about the video which was filmed by Mercy for Animals and some of the extreme atrocities carried out by the workers the undercover video displays da 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 the debate has involved some activists suggesting that to place any importance on this video would be suggest all other dairy cruelty was less significant and more acceptable in comparison and some activists have suggested that not to place emphasis on this video is a wasted opportunity to educate people um, who choose to consume dairy, da-da-da-da. So like I say, there was this debate. Um, I don't think that activists were su suggesting that placing any importance on this video, it was the way it was presented on the site that hosted the video that I have an issue with. It definitely um, was not good. But anyway, Jeff says, and this is so fantastic, 
I prefer, oh, so the question was, do you see the videos as potentially beneficial for vegan education? Why or why not? This is the key question. In fact, instead of rambling on for 30 minutes, I should have just read this. Okay, Jeff Pert says, I prefer not to use videos that involve scenes of illegal activity within industries that exploit animals. For example, activity that violates the Humane Slaughter Act and other laws. Beating cows is illegal because it is a waste of worker time and causes carcass damage. Um, although that doesn't matter in the case of cows used for dairy, whose bodies are later ground up. As Dan Kudahi recently said, and that's from um, another, read his blog as well, um, Unpopular Vegan Essays. And in fact, Live Vegan has been posting a lot of his quotes on, on the Live Vegan Facebook page. I really recommend reading. Read the stuff. It's so good. As Dan Kudahi recently says, continues Jeff Pertz, the horrific treatment of these innocent beings is merely a symptom of the disease of using them and of speciesism. The use cannot be regulated. Use must be abolished. I agree with Dan, says Jeff, and I agree with Dan. I mean, this is all we're saying. It's very, very simple, no? Um, and Jeff continues, I don't support using videos of illegal animal exploitation. I do support using extremely violent, abhorrent videos of legal animal exploitation, so long as the images depict commonplace, standard industry practice. Uh, see my reply to Carolyn's question above. He says, I also support using videos of so-called free range and hobby farms done. thought that was fantastic. Um, the, the really, the really sort of the key to the, to, to this is here. He says, I do support using extremely violent, abhorrent videos of legal animal exploitation, right? As long as they depict commonplace standard industry practice. So what he's saying, and he's right, is that commonplace standard industry practice is extremely violent and abhorrent, right? So that's all we're saying. So um, I think that's really good, and I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna think about, gonna think about that. Yeah. So um, maybe he's talking. He, I'm not gonna read any more, but just really read really read this transcript. I learned so much and I thought that was really useful as well. Think about it, you know. They're talking about the illegality of it and stuff. It's it's it is wrong headed. It is it is not a good idea for very good good reasons. Um let's promote unequivocal veganism. Very easy to do. Okay, I think I'm done and um I I um I hope I didn't miss anything that's going on. Oh, there's one last thing. <laughs> um, I want to give a shout out to Timothy E. Putnam, who's been so supportive and um, has and has li listened to my podcast, and also because he actually dealt with another thing that we have to sort of deal with um, as abolitionist advocates. Um, and it was on Tim Jira's blog. I hope I'm pronouncing Tim's last name right. Um, oops, it's a great blog, and it's. It's um I'll send I'll post a link. So the article was called Unchained Mel Unchained Melody, and it's a really great article. Now there's a person who wrote on here, and they said that um, they're talking about how a lot of people accuse abolitionists, right, of spending all their time bashing welfareists. Like you could listen to my podcast now, and you could say that the entire thing was bashing welfareists. That's that's what you would do if you were a welfareist advocate you would say you're um you go on about peter and then you go on about moose for animals well the underlying theme of every single every single thing that i've been saying this entire podcast is that we need to be standing up for animal rights that animals have a right not to be used that um we need to stop using them and we need to talk about veganism so that's a very important thing that people miss so when we're talking to even other advocates about vegan advocacy. That's also vegan advocacy. But this person, this person says, uh, Tim wrote some really great, so this person had quite a few comments, but Tim, Tim Putnam, as well as Tim Jira, but Tim Putnam wrote some fantastic responses. Okay, it's another amazing advocate, you know. And um, so the person says, and you know, a lot of people, they, they do, and I'm not, I'm not belittling 
I shouldn't I shouldn't laugh at this I shouldn't mock it it is annoying but um, it's it's a real object it's it's a, it's a genuine concern and I'm really glad that Tim has dealt with it so well so the person said my main point is that I see many abolitionists spend more time trying to convince existing vegans to become abolitionists or deriding single-issue campaigns than I do abolitionists addressing non-vegans this troubles me as much or maybe even more so than than the fact that single issue campaigns mislead people. I want to see more abolitionists grabbing people, like you said. Now, I do, I do just want to say myself that educating vegans to become abolitionists um, and exposing the um, the sort of uh, detriment of welfare uh, advocacy is vegan education and and will help animals. But let's just take that aside. Tim responded so wonderfully, and it's just so amazing. He says, it seems to me, he, he addresses that particular comment. This is He addresses all the comments that the person makes, but he says to me, it seems to me that if you are vegan, if you are vegan, because the person is a vegan, see a lot from abolitionists about why welfareists should instead promote abolitionists, then that is appropriate. If you, as a vegan, don't see a lot of people telling you to go vegan, then that makes sense. You're not the target. He says, um, you probably... Um, you know, you're probably not encountering, you know, the many abolitionists who, with little celebrity or fanfare, and Tim's right here, there are people all over the world who are just doing it, um, you know, talking about these issues with their families, friends, co-workers, neighbors, you know, whoever else they might have to meet. That's what I'm saying about quality over quantity, you know. Um, if every time you open your mouth, you talk about animal rights, then, um, and you talk about veganism, then that's great. Now, if you're only doing it once a year, it would be nice if you did it more, but I'd rather you only did it once a year than spent... 565 times a year talking about welfare you know what I mean and so Tim basically finishes up by saying bear in mind that what you see will necessarily differ from what non-vegans see because you're involved in a different conversation entirely and he's right you know my podcast is a therapy for me it just happens to be there like first of all I talk about my feelings but a lot of it lately especially in the last few a lot, most of the last few episodes has been about advocacy and has been about um, evolution because it is therapy and it's a way for me to help other advocates as well. Um, um, so I might have listeners who are not advocates who are kind of want to just hear about um, other things. Well, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, I just talk about what, what I need to talk about, um, you know. And um, and so, yeah, this is not um, a lot of people, like if your average I, mean, I don't know if you if you if your average non-vegan tuned into the, this particular podcast episode. I would hope that they would still hear the message that I keep saying over and over and over, which is that animal use is wrong, and you know we need to promote veganism. But you know they might not know what I'm talking about. Mercy for animals, Conklin Farms, you know da da da. But I'm going to post links to everything. So it's still it's still abolitionist advocacy. It's still vegan advocacy. But um, he that was a very very good point that Tim made because when I go and talk to non-vegans in the street, I don't. Um, I don't talk to them about, um, I don't pick apart safes, um, help pigs page to them. I talk about animals, I talk about their rights. You know, I try to talk about them the way I was talked about too because these are concepts that they've never heard before because we've only just started doing it. So, yeah, it was a great response. So thank you, Tim, for dealing with that um, <laughs> sort of annoying thing. Okay, so, um, gosh, I'm going to go and I'm... Thank you for listening, and uh, I hope to have more guests on soon. And I'm going to podcast more, um, more. You know, I'll be back into it now. I'm just sort of getting through some pretty um, intense times, and you know, I didn't do it for life, as Emmy says, it's vegan for life, and I'm an advocate for life. So um, I'll be back, and there'll be plenty more things to talk about, and I'll try to stay calm. And uh, you know, everybody, thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything that you're all doing. I'm very inspired every single day. And um, please do listen to the new, the latest podcast. And also Roger Yates has got a new episode out. And um, for inspiration and for ideas, tons of stuff to read. And, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed and stuff, you know, just contact anybody, any anybody. Because, um, you know, we got to help each other. we got to support each other. And, um... This, that's the way that we're going to be able to stay strong. Alrighty, thanks for listening. I'll be back. Bye. There was one thing I forgot to mention that I really wanted to mention. See, this is what happens when you don't podcast for ages. Um, 
Ian Butterfly's Cats, the vegan poet, has um, got a really great website called Veganism, A Truth Whose Time Has Come. I really recommend going there and reading it. It's a blog. Um, recently, um, Butterflies has been interviewing a whole bunch of advocates and asking them really pertinent questions and then publishing their answers on her website. And it's a really interesting read. She, um, she's um, interviewing all kinds of people, um, including Jeff Pertz and Roger Yates again. So there's a couple of really um, detailed um, opinion pieces by both of those. I really do recommend uh, checking that out as well. And she also interviewed me, so I'm very grateful to her for doing that. Thank you for interviewing me and, and, and um, making me part of this. Uh, please go to the website and have a read of these answers. It's very interesting reading. There's a lot of people there, and um, I think it's worthwhile. So just wanted to add that um, Butterflies is... Um, been a vegan for about 31 years so she's a wealth of information and she's part of Gentle World which is where Angel Flynn is also part of. So um, really recommend her blog and her poetry and she also puts out educational videos about dogs having a vegan diet as well which is really useful stuff. Okay so I just wanted to add that. Thanks Butterflies for everything that you do and um, I'll be back. Bye.